Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 214, Creative Modifier. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have Pixie once again as my guest on the show. How are you doing, Pixie? Fantastic, Alex. We talked about um, my other passions and hobbies. Uh, The last time I came on, I talked about Magic the Gathering. So this time is is another thing that I do. And right now we have a video. This podcast is not video, but I can see behind Pixie her collection of Magic the Gathering. Just it's it's huge. It's, huge. <laughs> it's there to protect her, all the magical <laughs> cards. <laughs> but today we're not going to be talking about that, but I'm sure we can just have a full other conversation in the future about that as well. Today we're going to be talking about Pixie's other passions. She has many passions. Today we're going to be talking about custom dolls and making them. But before we do that, for people who have not listened to the previous episode yet, they will in the future, who is Pixie? Oh, Pixie is uh, quite the menace uh, when you when it comes to it. When, whenever I find something that I want to do, I go full bore into it. I've learned how to sculpt, paint. I've done Dungeons and Dragons dice. I'm such an I like to do a lot of different things and I like to just be creative so getting into um, customizing dolls was one of those things that I did about 10 years ago just as a hobby yeah and I saw somebody making custom my little ponies and I was like I could do that okay I got I got a question about the origin story but before we jump into the origin story people are like okay I like pixie but where can I find Pixie online? So do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share? I do. I'm a podcaster. Um, I have my main podcast is called Next on Stage One. It's a spicy podcast about strippers and the adult entertainment uh industry. And then my other podcast is Project Podcast with Pixie, where I teach people how to start podcasting. So those are the things um, you can find me on social media. Just type in next at next on stage one. And I'm everywhere because I'm a social media menace. That's perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out. And of course, show you all the love. Like, I mean, literally all of it. They can't give love to their grandmother. It's just got to go to you. Okay, you can give a little bit of love to grandma. <laughs> but yes, perfect. And now let's jump into the topic. So you were talking about you saw somebody uh, with a, a customized My Little Pony. Was that at that moment you're like, whoa, that is cool. And your imagination just ran wild. Or you saw you're like, okay, that's interesting. And then you just start, start started pondering about it. Like, well, what would be the first doll I would customize? Well, a lot of it was um, how do I start? Where do I get into it? I, I just I was watching a lot of people create this these awesome sculptures. Some of them were subpar. You know, there's always like the elitist, like beautiful artwork. And then there was the mid tier. And then there was the bottom rung. I was like, you know what? I've got a whole collection of My Little Ponies and I've got bait and I've got it could be something that I might be interested in. And so it was back in the day when everybody was on forms. They were, you know, you gathered together on a form instead of like Twitter. You would get together, have conversations, share pictures, and just and just have a grand old time just talking to one another. Now it's got me wondering, because you already had the collection of My Little Pony. Was it, di- was it difficult to look at your collections like, 
oh, I, I want to customize it, but I don't want to ruin it because it's part of my collection. Right. There's always that the collector in you that doesn't want to ruin something pristine. But if if the item or the toy is so far gone and <laughs> you 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 almost want to throw it away, I'm not a I'm a hoarder. <laughs> I like to collect things and keep things, especially older things. And I understand certain plastics they break down, certain things change when you dye them. And I I I felt that there was a way that I could give life to older toys and then be able to still enjoy them and pass them on to other people. So that's really where it, it went. It, I had a, a massive like bait lot and a bait lot is basically just really worse than poor conditions. Like they're probably missing a head or a leg or they've been chewed on by the dog. Something that uh, most people would just throw away. And I saw it as an opportunity to change it from just ju just trash into probably treasure. Okay, so it has me, first of all, thinking of the movie Toy Story. When it's all like those, uh, what was Billy or the kid who had those oh, customized it, toys? Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm just going to put this with this with this. And then I also have to ask you, because I would see you as a surgeon in this situation. Which one was the first... Patient. I was going to say victim, but which one was the first test subject? <laughs> I, I started really easy. Um, I, I learned how to rehair my little ponies. I started with something simple and that was just giving a, a bait that wasn't terrible hair, new, brand new hair, like, um, not actual, from my, not from my <laughs> head, but you could, there's, there. You could use um, doll hair. You could use real hair. You can use yarn, wool. There was multiple options for um, refreshing said uh, customization on a My Little Pony. And, and same for people customize action figures, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, miniatures, all kinds of stuff. So it, it's just another creative outlet. Instead of it just being a canvas, now it's a 3D object. And so you're saying my leg hair would not be a good option, right? No, your leg no? hair would okay. not be a good option. Good. I get to keep those. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, so you did My Little Pony, but I have a feeling you've customized, and I've seen your collection, you've customized other dolls as well. So what kind of dolls do you prefer to customize and why those dolls? Well, I got into from My Little Pony. I there's um, there's a particular type of doll. It's called a Monster High doll, and they're they're still highly collectible. It's like a monster Barbie, and I found that they were they were jointed. They had a lot of like features, and when you wiped off all of that, all of the makeup off of the doll, you saw a really nice sculpt of a face and I, there was so much potential that I, I just kind of jumped into it. It was a natural progression from uh, My Little Pony into Monster High Doll. And I was able to basically create whatever I wanted on a form figure that was aesthetically pleasing, that I could dress up any way I wanted. I could make all kinds of changes to it. And that's what I did. I was I was scavenging from other toys to create um, wings and and tails and mermaids and 
all kinds of different stuff and just be able to be creative in whatever I wanted to do. And I'm guessing, were there any dolls that you saw like, I would like to try to customize that just it for the challenge? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I saw I saw people um, add wire armature stuff, making things move. I wanted to know how if if a doll broke its leg, could I amputate and make it better? And I was really just playing surgeon in a way that there was a there was a form to the doll. It wasn't just like spider legs with a crane and it. it all of the things had purpose to them. So they were, they actually turned out to be really pretty and, and they looked nice. So now it's got me wondering as well, when you, cause I remember I wrote this down, you could, there's one, two couple ways you can customize. You can customize by keeping it still in the same proportions within the original shape of it, or you can add additional items like let's say wings or a hat. Do you prefer to stay within, let's say the the pre- premises the actual I like, like shape. I like I like yeah. stripping them bare <laughs> down to their tell the tethers just the bare plastic removing everything and then just creating on top of it and I like to add wings and I like to I like I like to take candidates that are are broken I like to take things that that are missing something or um, people have already given up on and then just roll into something and make it even better than what it was. You had me just picturing, you said candidates as if it's like an interview for a job. You have them lined up with their resumes like, all right, so what brings you in here today? Hmm. Yes, what makes you're, you you're missing fit? a leg and a hand. <laughs> Can we craft you some sort of hook and a wooden leg? for that yeah. or <laughs> where are we going with it basically giving it an idea i would start with a sketch i'd start with a blank doll i would sketch everything out that i would give it a color profile i would run through all of the different kinds of possibilities what would this look like finished and then i would take the doll i would strip it from everything i would start probably start with the hair or um, if there was sculpting, sculpting would happen before hair because the hair sometimes gets in the way. And uh, the, the skeins is what it's called for the hair are just this big chunk. Uh, it looks like wig hair. And you have to individually put plugs into the top of the head of the doll and add it. You, it, it looks kind of crude um, and and almost like it's a punishment it's very therapeutic if you if you want to get in and just destroy things and then create something new out of it it it's definitely something um not for the faint of heart if if you're an inbox collector you would probably not be okay customizing toys because i've customized stuff that were um a little bit more expensive than I should have. But I'm always mindful that that uh, landfills are full of toys. I always remember this, that there's just so much waste out there that me customizing one action figure is not going to hurt 
the collection of other people's stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine people getting offended by you customizing a broken There, doll. There are some things that I really? really wanted to customize and, and really wanted to like get into. Uh, but currently, uh, there, I want to make an Optimus Prime out of a, a Marvel Sentinel. Like I, you saw the picture of my, my Marvel Sentinel. They made an older Build-A-Figure with it. But now the figure is like um, anywhere from, it's about $200 for the figure now. Wow. <laughs> and at the time, I I had one and I wanted to customize it into an Optimus Prime. The action figure was only $80. And so I thought about it. And instead, I, I decided to sell the action figure and wait for the next opportunity. <laughs> Well, that that's a wild thought because you wanted to make an Optim Optimus Prime. But do you want it to also be like transformable as well? Because I can imagine that adds an extra layer of complex of it transforming. Would not have been, <laughs> it would not have been transform a transforming one. But that's that's the some things are just statues. Some things are just pretty to look at. And then some stuff some stuff is functional art. So when you're creating and you're crafting and you're and you're putting yourself in the mindset, will it stand up if a, a child were to grab it and mess <laughs> with it? So sometimes you got to think about those kind of uh, when you're creating in a new hobby. Is it functional? I can see you like you create your doll. Then you go to a daycare. All right, here's the test. Throw it into the playpen oh, and let's God, see it, the kids. <laughs> it would never last. <laughs> I don't think anything would last in a playpen full of kids. <laughs> well, you remember Toy Story? They did that. They tore the they tore the child's toys apart, and and everybody was like, "Oh my God, what is going on in there?" Yeah, it was pure chaos. <laughs> so you're talking about all these different ways of customizing these dolls, but we haven't really touched this. The tools you use to customize them or what kind of paint do you prefer or material? What is in your, let's say, arsenal of weaponry to customize these dolls? <laughs> well, um, it's it starts with um, acetone to remove the, the paint, but acetone also eats plastic. So you have to make sure that you're you got water on hand. And then anything can be a tool, your fingers, your hands, pencils, um, a wooden stick, toothpicks. There, there are so many different things that you're using to sculpt and paint with because it is a creative function. So when I'm looking at this bare base of whatever I'm working on, it is about using everything. Uh, I do. With when it comes to paint, I like the cheap, just just cheap paint. I I'm not really into it. Has to be uh, artesian, you know, expensive stuff because it's just a hobby. It's a hobby, and you should be able to be um, have fun with it, and you should be able to create and craft. And I I'll use aluminum foil for structures and and wire frame and and remember that that I'm repurposing stuff when I'm getting into a hobby because I want to be able to have fun with it and make time for that hobby. Mm, ah, wink, wink, time for your hobby. That's yes. not a paid sponsor, but just uh, <laughs> <laughs> carefully placed wording. <laughs> yes. 
Well, you got you got my support on that end. Absolutely. A lot of stuff, it what you don't see under the surface of a sculpture and stuff, they're using multiple structures to create that that piece of art. And that's what I was that's what I've been doing. And I forgot to ask this because I was wondering as well, when you do create the like the thought process of creating these, do you look at the doll first? Is like, okay, I have an idea for the doll or you have the idea first and like, okay, and then look for a doll that will fit that idea. Sometimes I, I have a box of um, broken dolls. So I always, <laughs> as, as a, uh, as a hoarder, I always have multiple, I don't, I don't like to get rid of anything just because it's broken i i kind of hold on to those things so sometimes it is matching the right doll to the right image like if if i'm if i want to create a a boy doll the options are going to be limited but if i wanted to create a girl doll there's multiple molds that have been created through the monster high timeline so i'm i'm able to utilize what i have and just really work with it. And, and and that, I think, helps me be able to say, okay, eventually I want to make this doll, but the right um, base has to come through. Or you work with what you have. I, I had a whole list of just um, sketches that I could create from at any given time. I would just sit down, sketch sketch a whole bunch of ideas and work with what I had. And sometimes when I'm ordering hair for the dolls, I'll, I'll order multiple different colors, try out new things and just and just see where the the creative juices flow. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's based upon what I have available and sometimes it's it's what can I make out of it? And would you consider yourself a perfectionist in terms no. of? absolutely not (laughs) so like if you ever do a mistake on the doll you're like okay you know what this is a beautiful mistake bob ross i'm gonna live with this it's gonna be unique to this doll there is such a thing as overcorrecting yourself when you're when you're working with your hobby you can work uh what is it you can work the dough only so much and then it gets hard so sometimes sometimes you fail sometimes you have to crack that piece of uh epoxy sculpt right off the doll and just retry sometimes something might be too heavy and it's structurally not sound so you have to work within your means and yeah sometimes you just gotta you gotta let happy accidents happen where they lie (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, I, I meant to do that. That was completely yeah. on purpose. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, that, uh, your eyeball was supposed my, to be on the cheek. <laughs> that is totally my artistic vision when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah. And within your artistic vision, do you name your projects, your new creations? Um, uh, I usually give them sort of a a name. So I created one time, I created a Jack Skellington as a monster high doll. I saw that he could fit in that world and I was able to actually make it. I sat down, I I worked with a male base. I worked with um, the different things that I could add to it. I sculpted it based upon a, a ball of aluminum foil. I put it onto the base. I made sure that 
that I could remove the head because sometimes Jack Skellington removes his head. And then I sculpted, I, I sculpted multiple heads for it to make sure that um, it was what I wanted. You know, I made a pumpkin head for it. And then I made the traditional Jack Skellington for it. And then I created an outfit around him and and fit him into the world of Monster High. So not only is he a creation, but he lives in the story of of the timeline of the toy. I have to ask, has stop motion animation ever crossed your mind? Because the moment oh, you it said totally did. you had oh, exactly. Because totally <laughs> you said you but made multiple heads. But I'm not that heads. creative. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be my next hobby is stop motion. Well, no, in that case, I'll no. have to have you back on. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you've made all these wonderful masterpieces. Yes, they are masterpieces. It's going to be hard to answer this, but which one of these is your favorite? So for those of you that are not, uh, you can't see me. One of my favorites is, I, I got it in my hand, and he's a merman. And he's completely sculpted. He's got a day of the dead face. He's got long, scraggly black hair. He sort of looks like, uh, I, how would I describe it? He looks like, like a Captain Jack Sparrow. He's got, he's got a ship on his chest. He's got multiple tattoos, like a kraken, a seahorse. He's got an anchor on his. He's blue. He's very dark. And um, he's a statue. Like, he, he stands up on his own. He's just as tall as a normal doll. So he fits in the realm. He, it took a long time to make sure that I put him together right. I started with a sketch. He's not my first merman. He's not He's not in my first mermaid, you know. he He's in the realm. And I... I went through, I started with a base that didn't have any legs. I started with a broken doll and was able to strip him completely, um, completely from where he was at to where, where he's at now. And it did, it, take, it took a while to sculpt his mermaid tail out of aluminum foil, make sure it stood up right. I put tentacles in his head because I didn't want to completely have nothing but hair on him i wanted to give him a feel yeah sort of a day of the dead merman and it was kind of an interesting thing i i didn't see anybody else on the form that was creating such a thing and i wanted to do something a little different that put me in a different classification of the customization for monster high dolls so I was looking at that I was no longer a beginner and that I wanted to challenge myself in a way that was going to challenge me. And so when I started challenging myself with this one and the creation, it I had to I had to get over some weight issues. I had to get over some height issues. I had to make sure that not only did it look aesthetically pleasing, but it it made sense. So the doll to me makes sense in the realm. And that's sometimes what I'm creating is bringing something else into what I'm doing. And this lovely creation of yours, 
What is his name? He doesn't have a name. He's just <gasps> nameless. A, no, he's nameless. <clears throat> because at the time when I created him, I had a I had the thought that I was going to sell him. So sometimes my hobbies become more than a hobby. It becomes sort of a, okay, well, I've sold dolls in the past. This is one that I could sell. So sometimes I, when that happens, I, I give it sort of a, a sub name, like I'm calling him a merman, a day of the dead merman, but he doesn't have a name. So I would allow, allow, I would let the, um, the, the next owner give him a, a name. And so in my mind, not giving him a name allowed me to be able to have the comfort to let the piece of art go to somebody else. I think was it a, was it a Wolf on Wall Street? The moment you or not? There's another movie. The moment you give a name to an object, you create an attachment to it. Yeah, and I didn't want to create an attachment to him. I wanted to to sell him. So um, he never got sold. He's currently in my collection of customized, uh, it, interesting things that I've made, and some things they just. They just never find a home. Well, there's a home in your home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is what creates the problem of the hobby. <laughs> Damn hobbies making people passionate. And, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah. I gotta make time for them. Ah, another throwing in the sponsor <laughs> time for your hobby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for these projects that you do do work on, how long does it take you to complete them? Um, about a month. It will from start to finish. And I haven't created um, any customs in a very long time. So so it took me a month to create the Day of the Dead Merman. And from there, I'm pretty sure if I was to sit down and create a, a, a doll start to finish, it would probably take me less than a week. So knowing what I know, knowing how to strip a doll. Now, all of that time and effort that I put in, in the past, if I was to pick up my tools right now, start from scratch, start from an idea, it would probably only take me a week. That wouldn't even be a, like a solid week. That would be a casual week. Casual week. So casual week, maybe what, three, four, five hours per week or per day? Probably about maybe an hour or two hours a day. Yeah. And I would, I, it would be done. It, <laughs> I could just turn it out and it would, and I would be completely happy. That's awesome. I love how you're like, I can do this in a week easily. I could do it easily. It doesn't take no time whatsoever within my day. Yeah. But at that point, um, it, it's, it's kind of like um, a mechanic. You're not, you're not paying for his time. You're paying for his knowledge. And the reason why he can get it done in such a quick quick moment is because he already knows how to do that because he's he's been through the process right exactly it's just that knowledge and experience that made you yes. where you are today and pixie thank you for asking this question because it just leads to the perfect segue yeah i know i planned this whole podcast series just for this one specific question what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you first started how long i would have stayed in the hobby because it was definitely an outlet and it was definitely one of those things when I was, so I was using it to um, escape. And if I, 
I think if I would have stuck with it, that I probably would be a a very good sculptor right now instead of just a casual sculptor. The, the knowledge that does bring when you when you start something like a hobby, um, the passion kind of quickly fades for me. I can move from one hobby to an- another. So I wish I would have known how long I was going to be in that hobby because I still have all of my stuff. But the great thing as well is that you did pick it up and you got some life experience from it that made you see from different perspectives for your other hobbies as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many different hobbies that I've done, so many different creative activities that I've I've like sprinkled into. And I think it's one of my favorite things to do is just to collect hobbies. (laughs) Welcome to the dark side. Yes. (laughs) I like 214. I'm like, I got a pretty good collection of hobbies. I don't do them all, but I am learning from them and they inspire me to do other things. And also, we're talking about just the aspect of creating these dolls. This might be a little hard, but what is the most stressful part about creating these dolls? I think waiting for materials is probably the most stressful. If you are halfway through and all you need is like a little bit of uh, um, clay or hair or something and you have to wait uh, it used you used to have to wait like two weeks for shipping. Now Amazon has basically changed up the game. But if I was to order hair from a unique salesperson that sells exactly My Little Pony hair for the dolls, or they they sell Barbie doll hair, it, it is a direct shipper. I would have to wait two weeks to be able to complete a project, and so. You got all this pent up, like, oh, I need to, I want to be creative and I want to finish this. But now I'm, I'm waiting, waiting to make sure that, that it's done. And then you, you hope your creative like energy does not deplete in the wait process as well. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Couldn't we just invent like a teleporter to just get the parts instantly? Like just like that. There it is. It's there. It is the solution. Just easy as that. Just create a teleporter guys. Come on. (laughs) But making Making you wait for things also gives you time to reflect on the hobby. When when I'm creating and I'm customizing and stuff, taking a break from the hobby and coming back to it gives you fresh eyes. I, I can imagine that you have a lot of projects where you're like, oh, I want this item now, but wait. <gasps> Plot twist. I know how to change it. I have a new idea that's going to make it better. Instead of two wings, we'll do three wings. Well, yes. Probably not. Yes. As, <laughs> probably more complex than that than my simple mind to imagine it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Re- realistically, it's just putting the idea down on paper and then transferring the idea from paper to creation. And then the process and, and just making the hobby come alive. And it really makes it so exciting to be able to create something that you don't know what your limits are and speaking about turning or making the project come alive i want to see the creator come alive as well what would you say is the best part about creating dolls what brings you like that oh this brings up all the energy in me i think it's it's being able to tackle new projects when when i'm creating a doll saying okay can i make chitara from thundercats fit into the fit into the realm 
I, I sit down, I sketch it out. I, I, I gather all of the materials and then sometimes dolls fail. And sometimes you got to like strip them down and, and restart. And I think that really, it's the excitement. It's the unknown in the hobby that I know that I can, I can work with what I've already done and build upon it. It's, it's just like gaining a new level. It's, (laughs) it's pretty awesome. I like it. And since we're on such a high note talking about positivity, I'm going to bring it down. Not, not intentionally, (laughs) but what would you say are some misconceptions about people who create dolls? There's going to be misconceptions like, um, men, men would never create something like that, but there are, there are some fantastic sculptors out there. There are some people that are just creating just beautiful artwork with, with everything. So even though it is a girl's toy, there are men out there that are creating these things. and. I can tell you that that I don't consider like my merman, my day of the dead merman, girly. I don't and I've I've made girly dolls before, but not everything is is just cut and dry. There's multiple layers to There's it. There's multiple and, layers. And it's open for everybody. And yeah. I guess it leads me to wonder as well, do you prefer to do this alone or you've also done projects with other people as well, like creative projects? I prefer to do it alone, but um, I've also had assistance with my daughter who has given me inspiration on what to do. And she's also lightly tapped into her own creativity because of me jumping into the hobby. So the two of us were able to share this hobby together. And I could feel like you two just vibe off each other's energy of creativeness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. She's totally uh an an interesting character when it comes to creating and uh, a lot of that time when you do collaboration with other people it can show you a a different side of what you might wanted to to create and you might even come up with some new ideas that you might have never thought of before yes teamwork And uh, if you had to give one big solid piece of advice to anybody who might be interested in this hobby, what would it be? Um, invest in a quality a quality tool for the hair. What your listeners don't know is that when it comes to rehairing, it's kind of painful. So um, the rehairing tool is a, I'm going to describe it for your listeners because it's going to sound a little weird. What it is, is some sort of like, um, pen or um i've seen people use a pencil with like the soft eraser on the end and they will take a um uh, a needle like a sewing needle and they cut you cut the eyelet off of the needle and you stick the needle into um the pen or or the or the eraser and i and and then and then there's a there's a an interesting hand technique. It's kind of like sewing and it's kind of like, uh, uh, I, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. It's like knitting, but you're, you, you're, you have to, you have to maneuver your hands and you've got to twist the hair around your hands. And then you've got to scoop in with this needle and then you got to poke it into the head of the doll. And 
and and it and it basically tears up the top part of your fingers and it kind of gets a little painful so i i made my own tool i took a four way locking chuck for an exacto knife and i was able to cut the needles in a way and then cut the eyelet of the needle and then use a use a nail file to to clear the burrs off of the needle and then that that made the um the tool a little bit easier to be able to rehair the doll it still fucked up my finger i try i tried everything i put i put super glue over my finger i put band-aids over my finger i i tried so many different ways but the process is the process so it's sort of a little bit painful and until you build up those uh those calluses on top of your fingers it it just takes a long time so you'll be sitting there rehairing a doll watching um supernatural and just you know just being part of the process and i think that's one of those things that eh, it, <laughs> it, it might be too much for some people but it's very cathartic it's very interesting to get into i would suggest if anybody wanted to get into customizing monster high dolls start with a a used doll and start with something simple like either repainting a face or making clothes for it start simple and then moving upwards and i'm sure there's a lot of like youtube tutorials online that Tons helps of with tutorials. that yeah and pixie you missed one of the best solutions for the finger pain problem use somebody else's hand yeah. oh exactly <laughs> then you I'll don't just, have to worry about pain. i'll just take that knife and just <laughs> customize somebody else for me you can keep the hand attached to that other person. You don't have to oh, take it out. Oh, I was thinking about that. I was thinking upgrade. Cybernetics. Yeah, Ooh, that, that's, you know, 2025 maybe they'll have that. Cybernetic arms Perfect. doing it. There you Perfect. go. We're thinking I'll of the 3D future. print something and then use that as my hand. Oh, speaking about 3D printing, have you ever thought of like, say, 3D printing a doll and then customizing it on top of that? Absolutely. There, there are so many different ways that you can customize ball to ball jointed dolls. That's what basically a monster high doll is, is, is just a plastic doll that you just remove all of its uh, paint features. And so when you're 3D printing, you can use um, things like Fusion 360 to create extra stuff for your dolls. Um, you can that you can use resin to create new things for your dolls. There, there's a lot of different um, other hobbies that um, customizing dolls fit into. So you're you're only limited by your imagination and your skill. So yes, 3D printing is totally things that you can do if you want to create a spider doll. You get on Fusion 360 and you use the CAD software to create um, part of the sculpture. And then you 3D print it out and you add it to your doll. That is totally an option that people can do. Well, actually trying to get inspired right now. Like, oh my God, Alex, damn it. After this episode, you're like, I'm buying a 3D printer. I'm doing this. <laughs> I have three 3D printers. 
okay, so never mind. So, you have three yeah. 3D printers. And I know how to use Fusion 360 because I've built things in Fusion 360. So, so maybe. yes, there's, <laughs> there's never enough time for your hobby. <laughs> Dang. Three times. That's, that's three times the amount of sponsor money I'm getting in from nobody. <laughs> Okay, well, also, I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end because we want to show all the love to Pixie. Remember, all of it. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you are working on that you would love to share? So the best way to get a hold of me and all of my crazy projects is to find me on Twitter. And that's at next on stage one. And I post my spicy content. I post my ridiculous, ridiculous toy hunting. I post everything that has to do with me right there. It's all about me. It's all about Pixie and the crazy stuff that I do. It's that is the best place to find me. And if you Google next on stage one, you're going to see my stuff. You're going to you're going to see all of the craziness that is this social media menace. And Pixie is very welcoming on Twitter, so don't be shy. Start a conversation. Join one of her spaces. Spaces for people who don't know what it is on Twitter. It's kind of like a live TED Talk for Twitter. Sure. Yeah, (laughs) it's a meeting of the minds and you don't have to put on makeup to join. (laughs) Nice bonus because I ran out of my makeup. Good. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and show you all the love. And now for the last question, Pixie, you're kind of used to this because I've asked this before on the previous episode with you. Do you have any questions for me about customizing dolls? Well, I do. Um, Alex, would, would you ever consider not just dolls, but action figures? Would you ever consider turning um, a broken toy into something new and creative. See, I knew you were going to ask that. I knew it. I have telepathic mind. Yeah, I would definitely do that. And the first thing that came to mind, like right now, oops, hitting my mic. I have this right here, a Majin Buu from Dragon oh, yeah. Ball that is very like nimble in every direction. And if I were to customize it, I'd, I don't know, change colors, add like this kind of like aura around him and try out different you, things. You could create after effects for Majin Buu. You could 3D print them and then create the the aura that that is around him. You could also create um, scenery, destroy cars, destroy buildings, the ground where where they battle, just like destroyed. You could create the Nimbus (laughs) cloud. You could do a lot of things to add on to you customization doesn't mean that you change the figure functionality you can just create and customize extra stuff for that figure sometimes figures don't come with the weapons or the accessories that we want and that's where the creative process comes from and it could be as simple as making him nunchucks out of uh out of popsicle sticks or something with chains. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. You're getting me so inspired right now. I, I'm looking at this figure in my hand. I'm like, 
oh, what pose I'd put it in. And it'd be like an action, like powerful pose. I don't know if like on TikTok, there's this guy from Japan who takes like these manga and anime figurines and add like extreme backgrounds to them and customizes them. It's pretty cool. I'll have to send it to you so you see. But you and that individual are inspiring me right now to like think of the creative ways I can make Majin Buu more menacing. Well, well what if Majin Buu had tattoos? What if what if he had uh what if he had to go somewhere? What if what if he had to be ornate? What if he had to be all of those at the same time? What if he, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is Who awesome. Knows? Oh, you, you, once again, this is inspiring. I, I mean, I couldn't wear white pants like Majin Buu. They would just get no. uh Dirty. They just get dirty. <laughs> yeah, same here. Just there's <laughs> whole, holes everywhere. Maybe yeah. he'll have ripped pants as the new trend. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, that's inspiring, and I love like that kind of mindset. My mind wanders so much, and I just look at things like, what if it did this? What if it had that? And I guess that's kind of like me when I'm creating my board game. Like, what if it did this? What if it does that? And yeah, I'm glad Pixie and I are. Well, I consider Pixie my sister. Whoever comes on my podcast is family. So Pixie is my sister. And I'm glad her creative energy is just going everywhere. And I'm catching some of it, like uh, 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 catching it and using it. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Pixie, once again, for coming on and sharing one of your other passions. I'm sure I'll have you back in the future for more passions. If you'll have me, I'll keep coming back. The door is always open to you, Pixie. So if you guys would like to learn more about Pixie, go check her out. I'll put all the links down below in the description so, so it'll be very easy to find. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast and want to show some love, you can leave a review. I have some merchandise. Um, other things people do to support podcasts. I'm working on a board game that is still in the process, I'm working on some iron, some things, but it's coming along and I cannot wait to share with the world. But in the meantime, what you do have to do is go show Pixie some love. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> so Pixie, once again, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And I hope everybody makes time for their hobby. <laughs> Fourth time's a charm. Four times sponsor. <laughs> so until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.